Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you've been drafting best ball teams this summer and listening to content, you've heard, but he's getting his ADP's going up. His ADP's going down. We need to draft this guy because he's two spots behind ADP. What is ADP? Does it matter in the context of these drafts? Myself, Eric Bynfor, we're going to break down everything you need to know for ADP, our thoughts on it. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tuesday night Spike Week show with myself and Eric Bimefor. And this is a show that I have wanted to do for probably two months now because I I listen to other content out there and I'm not knocking other content. But I think with all the, due respect, you should have said with all due respect. That's, that's with, what you, before you say something before you say something disrespectful, you have to say with all due respect before you say it. Well, I, I don't think they're in, in, they're not fundamentally wrong, but I just think the ADP thing has gotten out of control for a lot of of these talks that we're having. Like, I remember talking to you last year, and we talked about levers, right? Like, you're pulling levers as you go through. Like, this is why I want to draft this guy. This is why I want to draft this guy. I think this ADP lever has gotten put on like a pedestal almost. That people are have gone too far with it. And I think what I'd like, as we talk through this today, there's a bunch of different things for ADP, right? Like, obviously, we're not saying go draft Davis Mills in the first round, even though that happened in a draft for me recently. Um, <laughs> shout out to DK. Um, but God bless, God bless DraftKings. But, but God in, bless. The con- yeah, in the context of drafts, I think that the ADP just is getting... I just, I won't name who it was because I honestly don't think I even remember, but I did hear a stream earlier this year where somebody said, this guy is two picks past ADP. We have to take him. And this was like seventh or eighth round. And I'm going to be honest. my I think I texted you right away because I think my brain exploded. I'm like... <laughs> Like, what am I missing here? Why is this in this in this particular part of the draft? Why does this matter? And it does matter what part of the draft you were talking about, right? Because two picks past ADP in the first round is much different than two picks past ADP in the seventh round. So it's knowing as we go through this and start talking about it, it's knowing 
what when does that matter when does it stop mattering too because i do think there's a point that yep. adp stops mattering and should it be that number one lever that you're looking at at all times and i'm not convinced it is what where are you on your overall general general view of this no i totally agree i think <clears throat> adp is maybe one of the most fascinating elements of all of best ball because i think anyone you know that has really anyone with a brain you don't even have to have done a bunch of drafts if we explain what adp is to you you can probably understand why it's impactful and why why it matters but i think the reason like what happens in best ball a lot or so far in best ball for the last couple of years right we're still like at the very infant stages of best ball so this, this shit blew up quick, fast, and in a hurry, right? Like, just a couple of years ago, like, shout out Herzig. Like, uh, uh, it's awesome that he won. I mean, who doesn't want to win 200 grand? But, fella, you, you you won 200 grand, and now, like, they're handing out 200 grand in tournaments, you know, that, that fill in three days in June or whatever. Like, this whole space has exploded just so, so, so fast. And I think every time that happens, happened in DFS, right, sports betting, poker, pick a competitive, you know, a peer-to-peer kind of um, uh, speculation type game, whatever you run to like, how do I, how do I like solve this thing? And we're, we're going to go back and look at like, okay, let's look at what happened. <clears throat> the problem, the, the difficult part with best ball is in particular around NFL. We don't like, we are never going to get enough like slates, if you will, best NFL full season, regular, what I would call the main slate, right? Like a Sunday main slate in on DraftKings is, um, and sorry, I'm now checking my mic and realizing I'm on the wrong mic. Thank you for saying, thank you for, thank you for you know, giving me a little nudge, like, Hey, dumb shit. You're on your AirPods. But, uh, you, you get, a ton of like main slates in the NFL for DFS, right? And you want to play poker, dude, like you can have an infinite sample size. Anybody could with the amount of hand or tournaments, whatever that you play in best ball, you get one per year and it is entirely decided based on binary results. But our process of drafting cannot be by, we cannot say, I know this guy's going to smash and I know this guy's going to fail because like, they were always wrong about that. And so, it comes like when I bring it back to ADP, you you have to think about like what it really is. And we've run really fast to try to solve the game with this ADP concept in mind. And I think that we've lost a little bit of sight of the why behind it. Like the why is the most important part to all of the shit. Why do you draft multiple quarterbacks on a team? Right. Well, it's because. Hey, you would like to have multiple shots at that onesie position. There's a bye week. There's right. The why behind everything is the most important part. And 80, the ADP stuff has become more of just like everybody just says, oh, yeah, I got ADP value. That's a good thing, right? And it's like it's all about the why. And sometimes you could take a player that I know that your your example of like two picks of ADP is, is clearly um, probably something a little bit silly and most people would understand that that's silly. But you could pick a player with far more picks than two of ADP value, right? I'm picking at 125. This guy has an ADP of 108. And he could be a bad pick for your team. 
But if you, you know, if you are just really honed in on that, 80, if like you said, if you're putting that ADP lever on the pedestal and not some of the other levers that we need to pull when we're doing our drafts, you can really run into trouble. And that is not to say that in a vacuum, ADP value is bad. It's absolutely not. But it's all about why and what the what the goal we're trying to achieve with ADP value, right? It's like if we entered a draft, like I use DFS all the time. I apologize for people that don't like DFS or whatever, but that's where I come from. If all I cared about was price, right? So I log on to DraftKings every Sunday morning and I say, I'm just playing all the best point per dollar plays, every single one of them. And it's like, it's not, it's not only price of why I put this lineup together, right? I'm putting the lineup together for a purpose. Tell this story, right? All the cheesy lines that we use. ADP is that same way. ADP is impactful because of the things that it helps me do during a draft, right? Get better projected players at a cheaper price. I get a better player at a cheaper price on a team where he fits that team. And and I'm getting a probably a combination of players that is not normal at those price because those right the where they're normally drafted doesn't line up if i'm getting those things with adp boom awesome yes do it you right take that adp value if you're if it if it doesn't fit your structure and you're not really getting anything different than what anybody else is getting right the two picks thing is like the perfect example. like it's literally called average draft position all right that 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 means that means if you got him two picks after a lot of other people got him two picks after because it has to average out to that number we have to display a binary number and so i do just think generally speaking long 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 winded way of saying like it's a, we've gotten to the point where i just think it's very important adp is but it's a little bit misunderstood because we've kind of you know jumped the shark if you will on just saying adp value it's always about adp value when it's about ADP value in concert with a lot of other things. Yeah, and I think it can, it just limits your exposure to different combinations of players. And the ADP is ever changing, right? For as we go through the season, we see players move up, we see players move down. And we do see players that we think are, are priced inefficiently. So right now it, it's been the talk of the week. So like we're not, we're not releasing any secrets here, but Brees Hall and J.K. Dobbins, we think are inefficiently priced right now. They so were, we're inefficiently priced before, right? <laughs> and they're and they're and they're falling. It's crazy. So we're making sure that, like, based on ADP, we're grabbing those guys. But in general, those are outliers to the hundreds and hundreds of players that are in this player pool, right? So yes, we are looking for ADP outliers to bolster our team. I'm going to be drafting a ton of Brees Hobbies. I think he's underpriced. I'm going to mm-hmm. be drafting it. And I wasn't drafting him before. So now I am going to up my exposure to the field or above the field. Now JK Dobbins, I was already drafting. I think he's getting, I, I think the Dobbins thing is the, the most nuts it's thing. Worse. On the board. It's worse than Brees. It's worse. Yeah. It's worse. Brees has real tangible risk. I know Dalvin left and didn't sign or whatever, but that's not like Dalvin's going to go make his rounds and he could get no one like no, like no one is, is like signing up to give him some money and he could come back and say, mm, maybe the jets are my best chance to win a super bowl and, and come like, and Brees did, did tear his ACL. Like I'm not, I'm not like ignoring all of that stuff. Dobbins is health. Dobbins is healthy. He's out there at practice. He's just like, doesn't want to, 
practice. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, if, if, if you've ever played football before, like during training camp and stuff, some of the good players do s- get favorable treatment and, you know, get to sit out of certain things. That's kind of what's just happening yeah. with JK Dobbins. And yet everyone's, he's going in like the eighth round on DraftKings in some of these drafts. It's, it's ridiculous. He's like a fourth round pick. Yeah. And if you look at some of the more high stakes stuff, cause I was, I was kind of looking at this for the Mastiff that I'm going to have to do two picks on relatively soon. He's still a five, six turn pick JK Dobbins, like right in that vicinity. So people that are investing money are still investing money in JK Dobbins. But I bring up that point because I think it can also be the other way and to show that these are just outliers on ADP. And I was trying to pull up as I, as I was doing this, one of my favorite players in the NFL is Jalen Waddle. I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's a ton of fun to watch. Like he is just like amazing in my opinion for, for fun. You know how many teams I have him on in Best Ball Mania? I have 112, 113 teams right now. I've drafted uh, him. I, I was going to say, you take so much Mahomes that I'm going to say like five times. I have him four times right now. But to your Mahomes point, there's no way I have a Mahomes Waddle team, right? Right. So by, by just sticking to ADP, we are limiting ourselves to combinations of players that we could because at the end of the day like if i like waddle as much as i like i think garrett wilson is obviously a better player amon is a better player right but look at that massive draft i grab Mahomes at the the one i will say they're all pretty similar it's just one has tyree kill on his team honestly if jalen waddle was in detroit we would be drafting jalen waddle where amon rock goes i think right so start thinking of those combinations of the back end of the first round like if you're starting to put players in tiers like that it's like, well, if Waddle's in the same tier for me as, you know, or maybe CD. just once CD. Right. CD's CD, the perfect example. CD to Waddle. I, mm-hmm. I think you could make a case Olave and Devonta Smith are in a little bit of a different tier if you want to. If you want to include them, whatever. But l- let's just say, for this argument's sake, CD to Waddle is a tier. Right? That's a mm-hmm. tier. That That is the 11th pick to the 17th pick or whatever, give or take. Now, to your point, now think about how frequently those players that we're all sit, we're saying are in the same tier are drafted together, right? Think about that. Doesn't happen. They, they actually very infrequently are a lot of them drafted together, even though they're in the same tier. And to your point, CD's at that like a little bit above. So I actually have four Mahomes CD teams. I have zero Waddle Mahomes teams. Right. And and I'm I'm using Mahomes as the example because he's the guy that I'm drafting a ton in the second round. Right. You could do this with Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Like how many Chris Olave Jalen Waddle teams do you have? It's Garrett Wilson for me. I take Garrett Wilson. Right. He's my 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 favorite. Uh, but like how many Garrett Wilson Waddle teams do I have? I've actually done it literally specifically like what you're saying. I've done it a couple of times. Take Wilson tenth and then take Waddle in the second round, or take Wilson eleventh, right? Or some something like that, because of exactly what you said. There's no rhyme or reason to it, to your ADP point. If we, if we're always sticking to ADP now, we'll get into, we got a long show ahead. It will get into all the nuances of this and how you implement it without screwing yourself up and and ruining your portfolio or, or reaching for things that end up becoming common later. 
right? That's a thing that can happen as well. I think back to last year with the, remember Cooper cup, people would take Cooper cup and then they would take the chargers wide receivers at the two, three turn. And that was not normal by ADP, but by the end of the summer, it was a thing that was done very frequently and you were actually a total donkey <laughs> you know, if you, if you did that. And so you're, you, that is a huge element to all of this, but you all, it's also a smidge of a free roll to do what you're talking about doing where, okay, we know the common pairings right now because they're tied to ADP. So I draft an uncommon pairing right now and it eventually becomes common what is the difference? I just That's drafted, true. I, I, I either draft the common pairing that I know is a common pairing, or I draft an uncommon pairing that maybe could become a common pairing. It's like, okay, the downside is this is they're equal, right? It's they're, they're both common. The upside is this one is, is not common, especially at this point in the season. We're in August. BBM is more than half full, right? These tournaments are filling fast. You know, especially like we're going to get more puppies, right on on underdog they're gonna fill fast and you know what happens in the really fast filling tournaments the combinations uh ownership gets it's it's like a, it's almost like single entry in dfs it goes through the roof because everybody it's only three days nobody's moving in adp or right. whatever you know puppy fills in two days guys don't move that much so um we'll get to a ton of these different elements but it's like it all goes back to that like why is ADP important? It's because I'm getting a better player, right? A better projection. Like no one is saying take Amon Ra over Justin Jefferson, no. right? Because right. Justin Jefferson, Amon Ra couldn't dream about being as good, <laughs> as good for fantasy as Justin Jefferson. You're giving up way too many points. It's silly. You know, you can, you can also maybe get combinations with Amon Ra, right? At his normal ADP. No one is saying that. But when you get to certain pockets of that draft, it's like, Understand why ADP is important. Like Jalen Waddle versus, and maybe if you disagree on Jalen Waddle versus Amon Ra, you're like, nope, Amon Ra is way better. That's also fine, mm -hmm. but you have to make sure you know the answer to that. You, you're not just like saying, yeah, ADP says that guy's better. I actually think CD is a, again two years in a row, maybe three years in a row, one of the best examples of this. I love CD Lamb. He's really good at football. He's really fun to watch. I like to draft him. But for whatever reason, he goes at the front of this tier. I'm not sure he's different from Olave, actually. <laughs> I got they're not that different, but yet there's no right. Uh, you have Mahomes CD pairings, but you don't have Mahomes Waddle or Mahomes, right? Mahomes Devon. I know we're, I don't want to talk about Devontae, Mahomes Devontae, Mahomes Garrett Wilson, whatever, <laughs> because of the ADP thing. And, and that's even you, someone who acknowledges this and attacks the, the gaps in the ADP market. Think about the, the 600,000 teams in BBM where everybody's just sticking to ADP. Well, I think, I think that's actually like the main point for me to make here is this is something I think about all year as we're doing it. And to your point, snapshot drafts like puppies and stuff like that, so much easier to exploit this because you are only drafting over the course of three days. Everyone in those drafts right now, if you drop the puppy tonight, that back end of the draft, people are going to be grabbing CD lamb, Amon Ra pairings. Like it's going out of style. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the ownership for that is going to be through Wilson the Chubb. Those are the Wilson two new Chubb. sexy ones. Yep. Yep. That, that's going to go through the roof. Like those, you're going to see those pairings a ton. So is it probably easier to attack that on the snapshots? Of course. But some of these guys settle into ADP, CD Lamb, perfect example. 
two years in a row. CD Lamb is not moving. The, the only way he moves is injury-based, right? So CD Lamb is not going to drop down these draft boards. He's not going to move up over Diggs and A.J. Brown. There's, a, I would say, a 0% chance of that happening, right? Zero. So CD Lamb is kind of stuck where he's stuck. And he's been stuck there for the entire year. And you could, I mm-hmm. would have told you that's where he was going to stick for the whole year. Yeah. There was nothing that could happen barring injury. And we all know, like, we shouldn't even have to say that. That was going to move CD down in drafts or move him up. He is stuck there. We knew the guys that were going to move. We knew Tony Pollard and Chubb were going to move. They were in the third round, right? The so Chubb, Chubb, Chubb was by far the easiest also because people love – like people will poke holes in Tony Pollard. People don't – the natural casual person is like, Nick Chubb, awesome, no Kareem Hunt, like uh, feed the beast. Like, yes, like give me this dude. That was – like you said – you can. You're not always going to be right about that either. Like right, you said, you're injuries, not going to be 100. In, injuries and things happen. Kadarius, right? Kadarius Tony gets hurt, which some would say I could have predicted that, and that's fine. But like, CD, as you said, is like we have we have data to, and we have even like history to tell us. Like, yep, we drop CD in here. He's just going to keep going 11th or 12th overall the whole summer, unless some, unless he gets hurt or like you said, and there's no path to him going ahead of digs. Like maybe you could convince me AJ Brown. I, I don't actually think so, but I would at least entertain the conversation, but like, he's just going to go 11th overall the whole summer. And all that does is restrict the combinations you get with CD lamb, but also the combinations you get with the other guys who are in the same tier as CD lamb. Right. And like, that's the, that, that, that's it. That's the, that's the story. Yeah. And basically what ADP has done because it's become so efficient over the last two years, it is an efficient market. How do you exploit an efficient market? Where is your edges? And the other guy that I would say that I wasn't sure of in that range, just to like not to make us look like psychics, I wasn't sure Garrett Wilson was going to stick at that end of first, second round. I thought he might, I thought there were his cases where he could drop to mid second round. I didn't think he was going to drop out of the second round, but I thought his ADP could fluctuate a little bit. It hasn't, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been confident saying that he's going to stick where he's sticking. So, there are guys that you can do this with. There are guys you can't. And I think specifically in the early rounds, and I think you can do this for the whole draft. I think what you need to do in order to exploit this is not just look at ADP, but start drafting based off of tiers. You need to set tiers of every single position and guys that you like and have cutoff points. It's like, I am not comfortable drafting Cooper, like fading Cooper Cup to draft um, Garrett Wilson first at right. the 106, let's say. Like, say but, you might be, some... but you might be comfortable fading A.J. Brown to draft right. Garrett Wilson. I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying our rankings don't show that or whatever. But right to your point, you, that's, you have to create that line of delineation. Like may, maybe it's not A.J. Brown. Maybe it's C.D. Lamb. You're like, I, I'm. What's the difference between Garrett Wilson and CeeDee Lamb? That's my cut. That's my, and now you're poof tier. That's a, that is literally the definition of a tier. Right. And now you're Garrett Wilson that you might not have Chris Olave with, right? Now that you've drafted him at the 108, we'll say the 108, you can get that pairing. And it's super easy to get that pairing now, right? Like, and it, and it mm-hmm. makes more sense. You feel, you feel a little more comfortable because you're getting Olave right around where he goes or whatever. You only moved up a couple spots on Garrett Wilson. And I think that is like, that is what I do. I'm not telling, you know, do what you want to do at the end of the day. 
But I think that so many people are going to have some of these combinations at the end of the first round. Also, the Nick Chubb thing. I like Nick Chubb a lot. You're fighting some, if you're just now drafting, um, shocker alert, you're drafting against some teams that got Nick Chubb in the third round. It, it just, it was what it was to begin with. I was drafting Nick Chubb on every team to begin that. I was a running back bro. I was, uh, my, former me would have hated myself for what I was doing when, when, you know, late April, early May, because yeah, I was like, that this doesn't make sense. Um, I'm trying to pull up super quickly, like some of the early drafts. I think I was in not the very first BBM draft, but one of the very first BBM drafts. Yeah. Nick Chubb, 26th overall. So not like, you know, not that, that's, but I mean, that's still almost the middle of the third round. And I'm certain that I'm not the, I'm not the, the, the cheapest Nick Chubb that exists in BBM, right? There's late twenties, early thirties, Nick Chubb out there. I'm, I'm sure of it. And so of course, you know, not that much to where like, I don't think you should never draft him, but it, again, it's, that's a, a good segue into one of my favorite ADP points ever. What it, tell me what ADP value is. Is it, I got this guy past where his ADP is right now in this draft that I'm in, mm-hmm. right? Like even Nick Chubb, who now goes like 13th overall or 12th overall or whatever, even if I get him at 18th overall, but he has been gone at a much cheaper price before. Is that an ADP value? Then what about if I got Kadarius Tony in my draft in May when he was going 70th overall and I got him 77th or 80th or even 85th, right? You're like, holy shit, baby. Look at this. Kadarius Tony, 85th overall. And then August comes and he's going <laughs> in the hundreds. Yeah. What is like, like, what is the most actionable thing? Because the only thing you can control is what happens in your draft, right? Right. You can't necessarily control the future, especially in Tony's case where he gets hurt. And that's where these things get a little tough. Like when you try to do like analysis after the season, you're going to use like closing ADP, which I don't think I'm not saying that's wrong, but I am saying when I'm in the draft, I don't have closing ADP. I have ADP at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so what, you know, what does that mean exactly? Like with Nick Chubb, can I like, you know, I still think you can draft him. We're not saying that, but did you get ADP value if you took him 15th? Cause there's a bunch of teams with him in the twenties, you know, like, you know, it's just an interesting element to all this, that it's important to consider all this nuance as it, as it relates to ADP. Quick brag. And I'm sure other people have it as well, but I have a Justin Jefferson, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard team. Oh, those are so good. Th- those were, just, you, you can't get that anymore. The, you had to do that at the beginning in May because it was still available and it's you know, you cannot possibly get it now. You would never get it now. But like that's the point is I felt Pollard and he hasn't moved up a ton, but I felt Pollard and Chubb were gonna move up as Same. the draft season. And I think we talked about that too. I think there's a show somewhere where we're like this this value is not going to stay here. If you want Nick Chubb, you need to be drafting him now because this is the time to do it. They projected I, as the RB2 and RB3 for me, like over Eckler, over Bijan, whatever. It was Chubb and Pollard. They project after CMC, and it was like, guys, they're going in the third. They're, go, they're going in the third round, and they project closer to CMC than, than to Najee or whatever. So this is going to move up. And But that's to that to the point. That's that's 
something that we use to our advantage and why the ADP thing is important. Like when they're at this ADP that we believe is flawed, right? Like Brees, like Dobbins, um, take advantage of that. That That's the time to take advantage of that. I actually think now is the time to take advantage of Tony, right? It's like, I, I, Pat and I talked about this. Uh, it just, we just uh, released a new legendary sickos. It's on the channel and on the podcast feed. If you want to go check it out, it's a, uh, about as long as a Zack Snyder movie. So, um, you know, get your popcorn, get your po- on uh, the, the director's cut of the Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder movies. Um, but it, it was actually really good. And we talked about a lot of this exact stuff too. So um, anyway, car- carry on. So I just want to go back to the tear based drafting um, a little bit because I think there's some, some examples I would like to make on this for myself. And I, and again, like we said, everyone's tiers would be different, but I'm going to use the current ADP right now, basically might be off a little bit, but after, so T Higgins ends a tier for me, right? It's that, you know, whatever you want to say about the Garrett Wilson, the T Higgins and how you want to break that apart. There's at least one or two tiers in there for me. But after that tier, we're seeing Calvin Ridley move up to the second round. And I am a Calvin Ridley fan, but I've seen him start to go in the second. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I just (laughs) I don't know if I can do this. But from Calvin Ridley, it goes like DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper. I want to go all the way down to DJ Moore with that. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's twelve wide receivers over the course of about two and a half to three rounds, roughly, depending on what site you're drafting on. Right? Underdog, it's about a two, a two round thing, two and a half round thing. DK right. early, early third to early fifth, right? Right. That's kind right. of what we're saying. Yeah. Right. So you look at that tier and you start. If you put all of those guys in the same tier like I'm doing, and again, maybe you have Debo above everybody, which I would totally understand if you have him like in his own tier, him and let's say DK Metcalf. But I, I'm kind of cooled off on DK Metcalf a little bit, and he's kind of I like dropping him fine. In. He he is he is. I call I said this also. It's all the conversation with Pat is fresh on my mind, so that's why I'm referencing it. But I he's like George Pickens to me. I I don't really have a reason to hate him. I don't really have a reason to love him. (laughs) Like the price seems whatever. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to pound the table and say, you can't take DK Metcalf at this price, whatever. I'm going to be like, whatever seems fine. I don't really have a take. I'm going to take him probably when, you know, when he's the best available player and that's it. Like, I'm not like, you don't have to have a really strong conviction about every player in the player pool. And that's kind of what DK Metcalf is for me. He's really good at football. Does, could he help me win a tournament? Sure. Do I think his price is like too cheap? No. So like, just take him when it makes sense. Right. But for me, like he's the beginning of that tier. And when you're looking at the beginning of that tier, if you grab DK Metcalf, it's super easy to pair him with Drake London, Terry McLaurin, you know, DJ Moore, Mike Williams. You can yeah, they get all those. They players. all line up, right? Yeah. Right. But if that is the same tier for me, right? Like that is a tier for whatever reason at this point in time like drake london terry mclaurin combos how many do you have they're right next to each other unless you're picking at the turn and they fall and they drop kind of tough to get them right or dj Moore, terry mclaurin how about this how about you really so something i'm trying to do in a draft before it ends 
I want McLaurin, London, and DJ Moore because they are kind of um, right. Same team. I want them on the same team. I have I, combos. I've done what you're saying with two of the the three, but I, I have zero of all three of those guys. And I I they're I really like them. I like all three of them. And they're they're like big staples in my drafts. Like if you look, I'm overweight on all three of these guys, but I do not have them all together. And in order to do it on underdog, I might have to take one of these guys at the end of the second round in order to do it. Yeah. And and if I'm doing that at the end of the second round, and Calvin Ridley is now a guy at the end of the second round, who I like. I like Calvin Ridley. His upside is amazing. But this is the same tier for me. Right. So if I if I decide that I want to grab Drake London over Calvin Ridley, is that a big deal? Like do you do you see a massive difference for one team? They project like the same. Right. So if I decide I want to go Drake London, Terry McLaurin, and hope DJ Moore falls to me in that fifth round or whatever, what I mean, and like I bring this up all the time, but what really made me think about this, and I'm not perfect at doing this, by the way, I still, I think just the human brain gets trapped in ADP because that's what we see and we get scared. But what really stood out to me, and I'll, and I'll hammer this point until I stop doing content, it was <laughs> two years ago. When there was that range of fifth round wide receivers, it was Cooper Cup, it was Robert Woods, it was both the Tampa guys. I think it was Jamar Chase towards the end. Uh, Chase at the end, yeah. Higgins, Higgins, Higgins got a little bit more, but the Bengals guys, God, what a world we were living in back then that all these motherfuckers were going in the fifth round, fourth, fifth round. But you weren't getting combos of them because you were you were sitting there, you were like, you know what? I kind of like Allen Robinson here in the second, or I like, I think Terry McLaurin was going in the second round that year. And I like Terry McLaurin. Two, three turn. Yeah. Him and A-Rob both. Yeah. And if you had stepped back and just thought about it that year, because I like McLaurin and I love him this year. I love his price this year. I love getting Terry McLaurin. Why the hell did I like Terry McLaurin? And, And this isn't revisionist history. This is how I was thinking in the moment. I liked these guys in the fifth round, just as much as I liked a lot of the two, three turn guys, but because you're theoretically supposed to draft these guys here. I was getting stuck to the ADP of where they were. And now I'm having a lot of McLaurin and Cooper cup pairings or hell, I'll be honest. I was drafting Allen Robinson that year. I mean, we all were for the most part. I'm not saying we were going. Don't don't, don't let me, don't let me, don't let me into you losers drafting that scrub at the two, three turn. Let me have one. I've drafted so many bad players, Rob. I've drafted, (laughs) I've drafted, I've drafted so many guys who didn't even play a game for their team. Like Trey, Trey Lance barely even, he wasn't even, I drafted Trey Lance in the seventh round of so many teams and he was not even the starting quarterback on his own team. At Darrington, right, Darrington, Darrington Evans like became a, a fucking Twitch streamer instead of playing football <laughs> after I after, after I drafted him. I've drafted so many players. I would like to take my W on being out on a Rob for multiple years in a row while all these losers ch- chase the a Rob train. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that one then. But the point being is. Towards and I did this way too late. I'm so upset with myself, like how late I decided this. Like, this is this is when like this light bulb went over my head and just I had this epiphany. It was like, why the hell am I not drafting one of these guys in the fourth round and getting pairings of these guys? Why I'm like, I'm choosing between these five or six wide receivers in the fifth round every time, not taking any of the running backs here. I didn't like any of the running backs in that spot. 
It was the fifth round in that year was always a wide receiver. Every single time. Yeah, because there were 10 of them that were fucking amazing. Literally, right. whether I know Robert Woods didn't turn out right or what some guys didn't turn out, but they all looked awesome. Right. And that's why I always throw his name in there, because at that point in time, he looked great. We thought he and was if gonna... you took Cup in the fourth and Chase in the fifth, you fucking crushed. You just absolutely crushed. But they both went at a like a very similar ADP to your point. Yeah. And you were going to get combos of these guys and you got failing combos anyways. If you went Allen Robinson or whoever the hell else was going in the fourth round. The guys that crushed were in the fifth round that year, folks. It was Cooper Cup. It was Jamar Chase. They crushed that year. They they broke fantasy that year, right? Like, mm-hmm. was Debo in the fifth that year? I can't remember. Later. Debo was like... Well, Debo, Debo was, was later. Like, uh, six or seven. Six or seven. I think he got up to the six, but mostly the seventh. Seventh on... Again, DraftKings, you know, always a, a little bit different or whatever. But uh, I remember my very first BBM draft. It advanced that year. I really got the Matthew Stafford 80. You want to talk about closing line value? The Matthew Stafford closing line value was very bad, but that was the first year of Stafford with the Rams. Right. And I got late sixth round Cooper cup. It was, it was a late fourth chase early fifth, somebody else who rose and late sixth cup. And it was like, Honestly, like nothing else mattered. <laughs> like, like you just yeah. advanced. You know what I mean? You just hit like you just hit like uh, a home run on a couple of different guys, and basically nothing else. Absolutely nothing else mattered. And so, to uh, again, it, clearly that is a does ADP value matter? Fuck yeah! If you get if you get the you know the Cooper Cup or Mark Andrews of that year or Josh Jacobs of, of last year, but that also goes to the point of. When jo- when Josh Jacobs was going in the early fourth, and you got him in the late fourth, was that really powerful? When he was going in the eighth, right. in 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 late August or whatever, right. it's just uh, there's so much that goes into the whole concept of ADP, and obviously this is really ultimately kind of a, a combinatorial ownership and tier based drafting show, framed as an ADP show, mm-hmm. but ADP is the thing that prohibits people from the number being one able, thing from being able to see the tier based thing and being able to see the flaws in strictly bat- drafting off of ADP because ADP has to again you have to think like take a step back on like all this shit think about what ADP is it has to by definition create a a singular number for every single player but mm-hmm. what it really what what if if we if the sites would give us what we really want it would show us a range that says here's about where they're going. You could probably throw out, you know, throw out the crazy reaches, the guys that take Isaiah Pacheco in the second round, right? Throw that shit out and say, about what range is this guy going in to make up this ADP? That's what we care about because that is what is saying the market's tier for this guy. Like this guy fits in this tier. And that's what we're doing. We're defining tiers for these players and then saying, Right. When I get to the like this year, the the greatest, most fucking obvious tier of all time is late third wide receiver. Like you mentioned with DK Metcalf, Ridley or whatever. It's gotten a little pricier because all these running backs are not interested in playing football. So the wide receivers keep going up. But like McLaurin, London, DJ Moore, even like Brandon Ayuk, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy. Like you tell me the difference, dude. Like there is no difference. But in your app. When you go to log in and do your draft, it has to be in order. 
there mm-hmm. have they have to show up in an order they're not showing you a range but really what you want to see is the range and how often if we think they're all the same how often do these guys like go together how often does jerry judy go 48th overall even though his adp is 38th overall how often do people take terry mclaurin and drake london together like you said how often do they do i like the particularly the drake london dj Moore. obviously for week 17 is very fun how often does that stuff happen like how often how often are people actually taking justin fields and dj Moore right there at that turn right you know what i mean like all this different stuff that is the why of what how of why adp matters but we get so stuck like i, I do too dude it happens to me i just took earlier today some I, I ended up with the team that i hated because it was like oh, i can't pass on this guy you know like 12 picks past adp or whatever and it's like actually then i got to the end and i was like i shouldn't have done I, sh- I should not have done that it was it was like a psychological win but not an actual win for that team and that's what happens with adp because it's just it has to be a binary number and it's not real the, the concept is not binary and i think it's important to keep that in mind yeah, it's just like it's the mental gymnastics you have to do in order to bypass players like that. It's tough. It's tough for anyone. I still can't do it every single time. I'm like, oh, shit, he's he's usually a six rounder. I can get him in the seventh. And like to your point, if it doesn't make sense for my team, does it matter? Because he's probably projecting the same as these guys that are that are, quote unquote, around below him or close enough to it that it's like micro. Now, if he falls three rounds or two rounds, like obviously different story, right? Because now you're talking and we do see guys fall two rounds. Sometimes it's like, well, now I need to find a way to make this work because it's just the value is too good there, especially in those like probably fifth round on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, And I just, again, I just think the lever for this gets put up too high. I do want to hit this comment real quick. GA says, Probably because you like those earlier picks that year than this year's rounds three to five. That is not true. The reason this sticks in my head is because I remember not loving rounds three and four that year. Like they were just fine. Well, Cup so, got there. That's a, Some of these guys got there. Cup got to did. the late. It was uh, Woods and Cup both moved up a bunch because, like you said, there was a bunch of guys going in that area where it was a bunch of dead zone-ish running backs and like you know the quarterbacks didn't go that high back then and like it was a different it was a different world and it was Allen robinson and you know keenan allen and those kind of guys yeah just real quick too the point that i forgot that i was going to make last night on the single quarterback just because i remembered it later was the single quarterback team that won last year drafted hurts probably in the fifth or sixth round and now you're talking about losing out on that value of a second round pick that you were using right. in order to do it. So it really changes the landscape, but we don't have to get into that now. I just wanted to it's make a, sure I got that a, out there. That's a, that's a Justin Fields comment is what that is. That's a, if you're going to do it with a Fields or Herbert or, you know, yeah. maybe Lawrence or something like that. It is a uh, don't give up your second round pick to do the single quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Now, the other thing I want to hit on, because I do think, I think that the way to the rounds one through whatever you decide the way to attack this strategy is by doing a tier base, like just sitting there and you don't have to sit there and write it all out. You kind of can look at it and gauge like where your tiers are. If you want to write it out, that's also great. Whatever works for you works for you. What the other thing I want to hit on, and then we can kind of just like open format it is I do think ADP doesn't matter at a certain point in the draft. Uh, Don't think it matters at all at all and it might be 
round 15 or so for me where, and I'm, and this is, this is actually probably where ADP hurts me the most is because if I want to get a guy that's in the 18th round or undrafted, if I want to get some of those pairings, like say I'm, I'm doing a three tight end build, right. And let's just throw out, let's say I wanted for my team, what made sense was Kate Otten, Jake Ferguson and Hunter Henry when they were all going in the 18th round and I'm doing a late tight end build. Right. But you know how hard it is to click that button on one of those guys in the 16th round in order to make or that God, happen? Or, or God forbid, you need you also need Mac Jones on that team. Right. Now you need your last four picks to all be 18th round to 18 round picks, but they're the best pick. They are the right there are the right picks. They're the best picks. So you so I always like to go back to it and shout out to Kareen for bringing the auction dollar kind of analogy into it. Mm-hmm. Once you think about it from an auction dollar perspective and you ignore that stupid number that's in that's in front of you when you're drafting that says ADP and you say all these 18th round guys are $1 players but the 14th round guys are $2 players. Right. <laughs> like when, you're like in an auction would you spend $2 to get the guy who best fit this team and bet best fit this strategy that you are employing for this team? Yes. Absolutely. We all do it in every auction draft we ever, we've ever, you also probably get to the end and you have a couple extra bucks and you're just like, yes, fucking Hunter Henry. I want him on this team. I don't care. Not to mention, even if you think that that's generally bad, you can also acknowledge the fact that it's like tangibly nothing a dollar more, right? Like if I go to the gas station and I pay $3 or $4 for my gas, like it fucking sucks that I paid the $4, but like it didn't change my life really. Like, you know what I mean? Like it didn't really, you know, whatever. I I, I didn't think twice about it. That's how it is with this. I, the that, that has been more so even than where I, I think the lever of the tier-based drafting and and making sure that I'm being really thoughtful about those tiers like we've discussed so far is really powerful. But the most freeing experience has been getting to 14, 15, 16, you know, those rounds and just being like, I could not possibly care less about this ADP. I'm going to build the, right? Does this team need Sam Howell and Mac Jones and Hunter Henry and whatever? Does it need all those guys on it? Well, you better start taking them. Because like whether or not you took Hunter Henry versus Juwan Johnson has no bearing like that ADP value has no bearing on whether this team is successful. But the fact of whether you got Hunter Henry on this team as well as those other players is the reason this will be good or will not be good in terms of this team playing out over the course of the season. And it's like. It's hard. It's really hard because the ADP is slapping you in the face the whole time. And you're just like, I just took this dude that goes at 212 at 165 or whatever. And it's like, that feels brutal. But actually, a lot of the times that is the right thing to do. Now, tons of drafts where that's not the right thing to do, right? You get right. you 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 also have other drafts where it doesn't go that way. But sometimes you do need it. I, I wrote about the the triple option strategy which is the the perfect like application of what you're saying where the whole this whole strategy you can go check it out on spikeweek.com and i've done a video about it too you smash running back and wide receiver through the first x amount of rounds and then you draft late round quarterback and late round tight end because we have a bunch of those guys that we like at both of those positions but you also like correlate them 
right? So give me Mac Jones. Mac Jones and Hunter Henry is like a, a crux of, of the triple option strategy. And you, but you, like you, in order to do this, you're actually probably taking like five or six guys that go at the end of drafts. Like you're going to have to reach on literally your last three, four, five, six picks. And it's actually creating the best team for the structure that you've put together. But it, but the, the ADP value, like if you post that to Twitter, don't like, let's just say, don't post that to Twitter because people are going to be like, you drafted five 18th round picks on this right. team. Like, what are you doing? But it was actually still a good team that you built. Right. And I think that the easiest examples to do that with are quarterbacks and tight ends. But I do think it, it fits with other positions too. Let's say that you were building that Daniel Jones team, right? You already have six wide receivers. You know, you need one more wide receiver on this team. Back in the day, you know, a week or two ago when Jalen Hyatt was going in the 17th or 18th round, but you're in this 15th round, you're not in love with the running backs. You know, you're taking two more that are just going to be like guys that you're taking shots on around that point, but you know, you need to take that wide receiver for, for your Daniel Jones stack. It's like, but if I take them now, it's two rounds ahead of ADP. Well, who cares? Cause it's the right pit pick for your team you're still taking two shots on running backs at some point anyways now you might have a little bit different combination with those late round guys that other people don't have or something like that right so it, it allows you to be slightly unique in a part of the draft and i love the auction analogy i think it's actually something that someday maybe we sit down and we and we actually assign auction value to each round or each part of each certain pick, rounds yeah because it would be really interesting to see how you would break that down, right? What is what actually makes sense there? Um, but yeah, I, I think that, and we're all, and I'm going to keep reiterating this, we all have the problem that we look at ADP and it stresses us out, especially when you put a 30-second shot clock on there, right? Yes, yes. Right? So you got to remember that that's the other mental gymnastic. You're like, you have 30 seconds to make this pick if you're not doing a slow draft. So 30 seconds to figure out what is the best pick. And yes, you can queue your players up and get them ready and you can have these players queued up, but maybe you have that player queued up. That's two rounds ahead of ADP. He's the only guy you got queued up. Hunter Henry is the only guy you have queued up right now. It's the 16th round mm -hmm. beginning of the 16th round. And you're like, shit, he's the only guy I have queued up. He's the guy that makes the most sense for my team, but mentally I can't do this. And I think that like, that is the biggest hurdle to get over there. I want to hit on this this comment from Kevin. He says, I think it's valuable to grab ADP value in the first half of the draft, but the back four to five picks, you got to mix it up. We know a lot more about the guys in the front of the draft. And I think that's true, but I also think it is too broad of a statement. And that's what I kind of want to bring up. That's why I wanted to do this show because yeah, the first, so if you're saying the first half of the draft, you're talking the first nine rounds. And I think ADP value in the second round is different than ADP value in the first round. ADP value in the fifth round is a sure of a hell of a lot different than ADP value in the first round. And, so I, and, and why, sorry, not to cut you no, off, no, but the, the, the why is because if Stefan Diggs or AJ Brown go ahead of Tyree kill and you get Tyree kill, you now have a player who look, we all like Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown. Tyree kill projects Tyree kill projects closer to Justin Jefferson than he does to the, to those guys. You're getting a better player. But you also are getting a potential 
combination of players with Tyreek Hill that is massively underrepresented because he usually goes right third, fourth, or fifth in drafts, and you get him eighth or ninth. Now you have him with Garrett Wilson. If I could goddamn get one Tyreek Hill and Garrett Wilson to you, I would be elated, right? And I would be like nervous to not screw it up the rest of the way. But like, that's the point is the why matters on, on like, it's all about the why. Like if you got Stefan Diggs at 11, but you still just took him with the same guys that everybody takes him with right at, at eight, like it doesn't matter. Like it, the ADP value was literally useless. All you did was take the same thing that every, you know, that everybody else took with their Stefan Diggs teams. And so it's all, it's always just like everything with best ball, but it's always about the why behind all of that. And ADP, I think is the best example of it. And once you can kind of diagnose that why and diagnose the tiers, man, it is like, it's the most powerful thing, I think, because there are going to be guys that you will fig like, and you will just figure out as the draft flows when, when that ADP value, right. When you're, Oh shit, this guy's 20 picks past ADP. Please fall to me. Please fall. You'll know when to root for that guy to fall to you. And then you'll, you'll know when like, no, like I, I don't care that Derek Carr's 25 picks past ADP. He doesn't make sense on this team. Just literally ignore him, like move on, like keep moving on to the next or whatever. And like being able to do that is like a huge, huge, huge skill in drafting. And it's really hard because yeah. like you said, I, it, I screwed it up today. <laughs> like I, you're, you're going to, you're human. That thing that you get 30 seconds less than, you know, if you're literally, if you're like doing something else, the underdog app does, you know, you, you once you get the, the notification, it's like, oh shit, there's already only 20 seconds left. And the, mm -hmm. the first thing that hits you is like, oh shit. George Pickens is 12 picks past ADP or yep. whatever. And you're like, boom, you know what I mean? I'm like, and then you take him and then you wait 30 seconds. You're like, fuck shit. I shouldn't. I I, no, God damn it. I need I, a Dobbins is, yeah, there. Yeah. This is a Lamar team. This is a Lamar team. And I don't have any fucking Ravens, you know? And like, you're, you're mad, but like, it's really easy to do that. And it's like, yes, George Pickens was an ADP follower, but now you have naked Lamar Jackson, which is like not the end of the world, but it's like, that's not what you set out to accomplish with this team. And that didn't make the, even though he's an ADP value, it didn't make this team better. And the whole goal is to make your team better with every single pick. And like, that's why ADP value is just one lever to pull amongst 15 levers or whatever that we're always trying to do within 20 or 30 seconds. Right. When we get on the clock. So, Going back to like a month ago or so, I drafted my favorite team that I've drafted so far, and I've shared this team a few times. I'm not going to go over the entire roster, but I did this based Thank on you. tiers. Thank you. <laughs> I, I did this based on tiers, though. So I have, obviously, just like I think 99.9% .9 of the people, Jefferson and Chase in their own tier of wide receivers. They are the one-two picks. I'm never going to change that. I can't imagine what scenario would alter that for me. The next range is that cup Tyree kill. Um, God, who am I forgetting right now? There's another one. Well, McCaffrey, you can call it McCaffrey, Kelsey. Like CMC there's that. Kelsey, yep. Yeah. You can call that Top all six. once here. Mm -hmm. And then there's to me, I like AJ Brown over digs. They're like a tier, but he's like at a gold star next to him. But that tier of receivers with that cup Hill tier is close to me. They're still below them, but I decided I want to mix up a draft. And the next time I get the one Oh three, as long as chase or, you know, 
Jefferson don't fall for some reason. I'm grabbing AJ Brown and I want to see what that flipped roster can look like grabbing him at the three. And I loved the roster I came up with for that one. Right. All I did that was different in that draft. It was a double elite QB bill that was different in that front too. But those were the only two things I did different. Everything else was basically by ADP and the roster construction, like the roster look looks so different just by making two alterations to that team. And I loved it. And foolishly, I haven't done it again. And I need to do it again. <laughs> like, like as I'm talking about, it, it's like I need to make sure I do one, maybe two more of these teams. Not saying do it every single time, but if that tier is close enough to the next one, I think you can make little adjustments like that. The perfect example of it, which we also always go back to, is the team that you and Pete drafted two years ago. You did the exact same thing. I think it was from the 103 too, 102. where was the 102 where you grabbed Devontae Adams. Yep who was a late first round at that point, Mm -hmm. like mid to late first rounder. And the team was so unique. You didn't win. You got a top 10 finish and really fucking close, really fucking close to winning. But that team was so different than every other team that made it there. And Devante was popular, but we guaranteed ourselves. You need like, nobody ever remembers this part of it. Mm -hmm. Devante was like 25% owned in that final. So Mark Andrews was like 50. Cooper cup was like, 30 or 40 or something like that, that year, two years ago. Uh, T Higgins was up there. Actually, Jamar Chase, who we had on our team, was only like 8% because T went off in week 16. Um, But Devontae was not like low-owned. Like, especially if you remember that year, there were like Devontae sitting out, Devontae asking out. He was a second-round pick for uh, a portion of that summer. And so we settled in, as you said, in the late first. And that was um, CMC was the 101 on the Panthers. And Dalvin Cook was the 102 on the Vikings. And we got the 102 on that draft. And we took Devontae Adams at the 102. And people fucking hated it, dude. People were like, "This." some people have him in the second round. How could you take him at the 102? And literally what we just said is basically what you just said. No one is going to have. A Devontae Adams team like this. He's the best wide receiver in fantasy, which he was that year. Well, him and Cooper Cup. He's he's the best first-round pick wide receiver. Let's just say that. We're going to get him with this funky combination. Now we're going to get him at you know with two, three turn, which turned out to be wide receivers for us. And then it also turned into four, four, five turn wide receivers, which turned into Jamar Chase, as you mentioned. Jamar Chase went at that spot. And so, like, literally everyone from Devontae – after our team was low owned because Devante was one of the guys you air quotes needed from the first two rounds. But we had him with just because we took him at a, at a spot that he never, ever, ever goes, even though like, dude, you probably could have made a case for Devante. I guess maybe not one Oh one over CMC, but like you could have made a case. He was the one Oh two. The only reason he didn't go there was because of the, issues of him going later right it's like the daryl henderson like daryl henderson was probably like a two three turn pick but it, it he didn't go that high because he was going in the 12th round before cam Akers got hurt same thing with Devonte, and so we've just like flipped it right we did what you did with the eagles we just said you know what we're just gonna flip this devon create the most unique Devonte adams team in this tournament and like just kind of let that run with us like we we didn't draft any of the best players in fantasy that year that was cooper cup year 
Mark Andrews year, right? JT year. That was all those guys. We had none of them. Mm-hmm. literally none. We had Jamar Chase, who was a very good pick, and obviously you needed in week 17. But we drafted a zero running back team. We drafted, our two, we drafted a two-quarterback team with Dak and Mac Jones. They were like average at best. We drafted a two-tight end team with Kyle Pitts, who fucking sucked, shocker, and Hunter Henry, who was like a pretty good pick, but like, <laughs> you know, a 17th-round tight end or whatever. We drafted our first running back was Raheem Mostert. He got hurt on like the third carry of the season, right? Like we were instantly down to five running backs on a zero running back team. Probably not great, but because of the way we went about the strategy of that draft, we never reached for anything other than Devonte at the one Oh two. Literally. We just drafted the best team from there forth and we created this unique Devontae Adams team. And it was like, look, if Devontae smashes, we're going to have a pretty good team probably, right? If, if we can have some health. And we did. And, you know, if, if we got a little bit better bounce of the ball, you know, who knows what ha- would have happened in week 17. We, we were the, in my opinion, the most live team other than Liam to, to, to win that thing. It didn't totally work out. Michael Gallup got hurt. Kyle Pitts got hurt. They both counted. They actually both counted in our score. But it was like we did one thing like kind of different and we took the best wide receiver in fantasy at the 102. That was it. Like like that wasn't even crazy. And but yeah, everyone is so tied to ADP that we instantly created this leveraged roster from one decision. Right. And and GA in the chat says that the AJ Brown thing is the most common thing this year. They move them up trying to get the Eagles mega stack. I don't see that too often in any of my drafts. I've, maybe I've, I've seen never that seen one it. time. So what I would implore people to do that have draft IQ, that have the spike week tools, just go over to, to your lineups and do a combo search. See if you have A.J. Brown and T. Higgins. I'm going to guess if you have it, maybe once. But there's two guys that haven't really moved in the draft all year, right? So right. where they're going in the draft, A.J. Brown is that like like later first round T Higgins is always top of the third round. They don't line up ever to get drafted together. And that's an easy example to do it with, but there's other examples you can look at. We did it earlier. I have 35% Mahomes. I don't have a Mahomes Waddle team like at all. Do I have a Mahomes Olave team? Probably not. Right. So maybe those are like, if I'm going to be so overweight on a guy and not everyone's doing what I'm doing, so I'm not telling you to go do this, but if you are heavily overweight on a guy in like the second round, maybe you need to start looking at the end of that first round and looking at the combos with the other second round picks, right? Like I need to see, like, maybe I need to see if I have a Mahomes Olave combo and I need to do it. Josh says that he has one AGB Higgins team, but we know that Josh is drafting a ton of teams. So that shows you like, this is a volume drafter that only has one combination of that. I'm a volume drafter that probably only has one combination of that, maybe two. Right. right. right? I, so I, I, I don't imagine that there's hardly any out there to 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 that exact uh, point. And I think your point about this isn't some. No one is saying massage every single like ownership combo that you have you're a fucking human i can't i do this for a living like (laughs) like literally i I spend every waking hour thinking about best ball and i can't possibly massage every ownership combo that i have but i think it's a, a couple different things exactly what you said like there are guys that you are taking stands on 
I, I would, my opinion is not that you need to take player stands because you definitely do not. If you just want to kind of nope. uh, let the market uh, decide, you know, your player takes or let someone else decide your, your player takes. I think that's totally fine. But I also uh, have a pretty strong, you know, belief that most people enjoy uh, putting their opinions on players to use. And that's the fun of this is like, mm-hmm. you like Patrick Mahomes. So draft a bunch of fucking Patrick Mahomes, right? Like I, I want to draft a lot of JK Dobbins because I, that's my opinion. If I'm going to put my money behind it, let's do it. So massage those, right? Because it's also going to be a good indication of your entire portfolio. Like it, you have 6% Keenan Allen. We probably don't got to drill down into, <laughs> into all the Keenan Allen, you know, uh, uh, combinations you have. You can, however, massage the ones in those. And I guess I shouldn't have said that about Keenan because I'm going to contradict myself. You can do it within flat, certain flat tiers, right? Uh, that area, mid to late third round wide receiver to early fifth to middle of the fifth wide receiver, depending upon the site, especially, right? From... Ridley or Amari or DK Metcalf, wherever you define that tier down to DJ Moore or Ayuk or Christian Kirk or whatever, wherever you kind of define that, just be like, um, even if you're spreading out all of those guys, which I actually kind of am just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're all the fucking same to me. So like, I'm not going to, I don't want to lose because I drafted 25% of one guy who's the same and 2% of another guy who's the same, but I can look and be like, yeah, all of my DJ Moore in London are together. And it's like, okay, I like that for week 17. But like, do I want every one of my London and DJ Moore teams to be together? Like, no, probably not. I can massage right. that, right? And I, I'm not taking big stands on those guys. I might be at 14% or something on them, but I can massage that. And so I think it's the the guys who you really want to take stands on and then those flat tiers that we're talking about where like, that's how we can be actionable about this thing and be smart and thoughtful, right? Like no one is saying like we like we kind of joke about ADP doesn't matter and like all these different things. But how do you actually take this away and go to your teams and go to your draft IQ and say, okay, now what do I like? What can I fix for this last month? Because like we got a month left, dude. And like yeah. you only got so like many drafts. Exactly a month, right? Yes, yes. You only got so many drafts that you're going to get a chance to like fix these things. And like we're trying to accomplish a lot of things. Like I just took Rico Dowdle in a draft today of for the for the first down first, first round, time. baby. You know, you know, you know me <laughs> with the late round running backs, right? But that's like I'm trying to achieve that right now, right? Evan Hall, like I made it's kind of a meme, but like I was trying to hit Evan Hall in like every draft because I'm like, this is a thing I want to accomplish right now. In two weeks, I'm probably gonna have a, a, a new guy, and it was less than two weeks, and now it's like. Rico Dowdle. I had no fucking idea that he was a thing <laughs> for the for the Cowboys, to be totally honest. But now I'm like, I want to that's he's undrafted in all these tournaments. I want to mix him in. But I I personally struggle with though I will I'll be really good about that. I'll be like, all right, give me uh, this is the team. I'm gonna take Hunter Henry on this one, and I'm gonna take Rico Dowdle. I'm trying to massage that, but then I'm not massaging. McLaurin and London and DJ Moore as well. And so, like I said, it's just important to remember you, you, you got 30 days left or whatever. Let's put that to, to good use and kind of make sure that our portfolio looks like we want it to down the stretch. I actually think that was the perfect closing 
little monologue for this ADP talk because I think it hits on the two main points, which is the tiers, especially the flat tiers, and how do we exploit it. So I don't think we need to ask for any more closing thoughts. I think we've kind of hit – I'm glad we did this show. I was looking forward to doing this show. I think it was important to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I just think I just think it – I think it's gotten blown out of proportion a little bit in the industry. Like, obviously, it's a framework, and we need a framework to work off of. So I don't, I'm not saying to throw ADP out the window, of course. But how do you use it? How do you exploit it? How does it benefit you? And I think we kind of hit on all those points today. I agree. I do have a five-star review to read from the podcast app. And this one's from Touch of Green titled Great Show. And they simply wrote five stars. Watch this every Sunday. So thank you for watching the Sunday show. The uh, I love it because that's the one that Eric gets upset about every time when that's the yeah, one. Because I don't do that's my day. I rest. I, I rest on <laughs> on on Sundays, and Rob does it, and everybody loves the fucking Sunday shows. They love the Sunday shows. But if you want to leave a five star review, you can do that on iTunes. You can probably do that on other platforms. If you decide to leave a five star review on one of the YouTube videos, I will also read that. Just make sure that you write five stars. Right now, you have a few days left to get into the giveaway we are giving away a kurt warner authentic helmet it is uh it's a nice helmet it's an authentic one it's one if you don't like kurt warner if you don't like the arizona cardinals you can wear it and run into a brick wall with it i do not (laughs) recommend it but it is a real football helmet you can put it on your head you can wear it around the house but that is uh kind of everything that i have do you have any closing thoughts um, no i was just gonna say i just wanted to reiterate that we're we're kind of calling august drafters month um if you're unfamiliar if you're if you're a big sicko and you've been following you're already a familiar for sure but if you want to sign up for the spike week tools right we just talk about we got a 30 days left and you're trying to massage those those player combinations and those exposures and those stacks and and all that kind of stuff the best way to do it is using the draft hacker the overlays for your drafts and so you can get access to that for free up in the corner here uh if you sign up for drafters use promo code spike fill out the uh form on the website you will get a free month you know so the next month the kind of the final month basically of best ball draft season you can get free access to the draft hacker and draft iq and all these things that we've been talking about here that uh, honestly i you know i'm i'm biased we're biased of course but like especially at this time of the year i find to be invaluable for for drafting i use them every single day literally like not mm-hmm. even exaggeration. We built them because we want to use them. It's not right. one of those things where like we built it, let's sell it to people. I use it more than I even like talk about it. it, it I, I really think it's really helpful, especially at this time of year. And we're going to be doing a bunch of drafters content as well as drafters drafts. Um, and I say that not because like I really actually, uh, I mean, we love drafters. I love the people at drafters. I The product has gotten so much better over the course of the last couple of years, but I say it because we're all players. I'm a player too. Rob is a player. We're trying to grind these edges, baby. And though that their big tournament is not going to fill and it's not going to come goddamn close. It's about 20% full right now. So it is 20% full with 30, with 30 day, 30 days left. It is going to overlay and overlay is important in all these tournaments, but in a cumulative scoring format, you are instantly giving yourself a better chance at min cashing like right away. You're it, you know, the odds of winning are a little bit better, but man, that rake is like huge, man. It's it's so, so, so huge. 
uh, on drafters. And so we're going to be really grinding that here for the next month. And, you know, I know uh, whether it's not for you or whatever, everybody can play whatever that they want to play, but I, I'm, I'm going to be maxing that $20 on, on drafters to try to, to get my, it's $300,000 to first place too. It's not like we're talking about chump change. Great payout and, structure. A great payout structure, flat, but also life-changing money up top. And I think we're going to get to like, 70 percent full that's what maybe. i heard the projection was yeah so like think about that like that's that is that is pretty sweet so i just wanted to uh uh mention mention that uh hit up the draft hacker and so you can get 100 free bucks at drafters to go do five of those drafts and you can get free access to spike week all sorts of good stuff if you use promo code spike and they have some promos on their own site if depending on how many teams they're giving away free August. tickets yep yep yep, yep. So make sure you do that. Last thing, and then I'm going to hit this outro button. Next Monday, Eric and myself are going to do the shot stream where we draft teams and do shots. We think we're going to do it on underdog. We're going to do one of the $3, one of the $3 tournaments, and we're going to drop that in Discord just so that's a friends and family draft while we do these shots. And um, yeah, it's been requested that we do another challenge stream. So that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the shots. It was down to that or a donut eating contest, and people seem to want the shots. So Shocked. as someone that doesn't drink a ton, it's going to be a great <laughs> night for me. But we have to do it Monday because I cannot go on the ghost show and start <laughs> rambling about ghosts while I'm hammered. So it's got to be a Monday night stream. Anyways, that's going to do it for myself. That does it for Eric. We will catch you next time. Peace. One. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.